0818 715 815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. And Joe at rt.e and 51551. Text uh, Councillor Niall Ring, independent councillor in Dublin, former Lord Mayor of Dublin. Niall, I'm looking at these photographs that you've just sent in from the attack on you last night and your son Emmett. They're absolutely horrific. What happened? Well, Joe, myself and Emmett, we went over to uh, the Chelsea match, Chelsea Dortmund match. Uh, hadn't been there in a good while. Now, have okay. to say, I'm a Shells fan first and Chelsea. But um, we were. We went to the match, met a few of the Irish lads over there, a bit of crack in the local pubs and that. Okay. And we were on our way back to our hotel and we just popped into the lobby for a pint. Alas, you know, one for the road, as they yeah. say. But um, the two of us were sitting down. Emmett went up to get a drink and I noticed he was having an altercation with a, a chap about the same age himself, in his mid-twenties or so. Mm-hmm. So I immediately got up and said, look, come on, leave this. And it turned out your man had been, look, F off back to Ireland, you Irish pigs, C's, F's, whatever, oh, whatever you were having yourself. Yeah. So well, at this stage, we went back over and said, Emma, we're getting out of here. Just let's let's get yeah, out. Yeah. And then another guy in his mid-40s, one of these sort of, you know, I remember them from the 80s when I'd be in London, the sort of National Front type guys mm-hmm. start shouting stuff across at us. And at this stage, now, we'd no way out except to go past them. So I said, look, just calm down and everything will be okay. But this fella came over, started arguing again and mouthing out of him. Um, then I sort of moved, moved aside, sort of tried to say, look, come on, leave it. You know, like, yeah, we're yeah, on. Yeah. You know, let's get out of here, for God's sake. We're, we're grown men. As I said, my fighting days are well over, you know. <laughs> but uh, next thing he hits Emma's like full smack in the face. So Emmett sort of went backwards. I turned around um, and next thing, from another group, some fella threw a bottle at my, like hit me on the head with a bottle. I staggered, yeah. like there's blood all over the place. And next thing, the, the other fella waded in, started throwing digs again. So of course we had to like respond. And suddenly there was four of them. We're like trying to fight our way out of this more or less. And this now, you know yourself, you don't know how long it goes on for, but what seemed like an eternity that the police mm-hmm. arrived, um, they sat us down, uh, brought, brought me down to the ho- local hospital in case I needed stitches. As it turns out, it was only a bit of glue on the back of the head. The bottle hadn't smashed or anything. And I'd facial injuries, as had Emmett. Um, so they said, what do you want to do? Uh, do you want to press charges or anything? And we were saying, no, we just want to get out of here. You know, a horrible experience. Um, xenophobic, it's an attack. Um, we just want to forget about it. So I was in the hospital for about an hour or so and one of the police came in and said, look, we've actually looked at the CCTV. Okay. Um, a totally unprovoked attack on you. Not only did they hit you on the head with the bottle, said you didn't see it because at one stage, one of them had a, a chair raised over his he- head and was about to throw it down on my head. But Gosh. for whatever reason, I had moved aside just in the melee that was on and the, the chair hit the floor, and the cops said, the police there said, no, we are absolutely 100% uh, charging them. We've arrested two of them, and we want you to make a statement. Mm-hmm. We're pressing charges. This is just, you know, it's unacceptable. And uh, that's where it's at, Joe. And I remember... Well, Niall, well, I, I, know, I, I know what happened on Tuesday night, and you, you were in the hospital overnight, and you're telling the story now, but I'm, I'm looking at the photographs you've sent in, 
That is a pretty, pretty nasty assault. You you yeah. endured. I'm looking. I can see the photograph of your face uh, with facial injuries. I can see the shirt that's covered in blood. I can see Emmett in a terrible state with that mask, two eyes. Uh, damage is uh, I don't know whether they actually damaged and he was obviously punched full no, he frontal. had a good few lumps out of him he got more to the face than me I got something I, I funnily enough Joe when we were leaving the hospital I couldn't walk I had a limp for some reason I got something on it, it, it hit on the foot that I didn't even remember okay. but um, the thing that worries me about it Joe I mean these you know, I know you can say these things happen but as, as the police over there said they're seeing more and more of that and all that anti-immigrant uh, rhetoric going on in the UK it has got these national front guys riled up again. And what I'd be worried about, the reason I, I mm-hmm. said I'd give yourself a, a buzz, Joe, we have to make sure that doesn't happen here. Jeez, I, like, I'd hate to think of anybody in mm-hmm. our country sitting in a pub, having a quiet drink, and just because they have a different accent, they're attacked. And I mean, that's exactly what happened to us. It was just so clear. It was just, we were Irish. These guys didn't like Irish or anybody else for that matter. And you're adamant, Niall, yourself and Emmett are adamant that they were using Irish slurs against you. Oh, jeez, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we were called Irish everything, you know, things we didn't even, hadn't Mm. hadn't heard before. But it was, and it was get back to your country. I mean, jeez. And I mean, you heard it here in some of the protests. That's what it was. I mean, it was just, and that's why I'm, just, I, I want to say it. I mean, I don't want sympathy, but I want. To, it's a warning for me and other people. If it can happen in the UK, because they're stirring it up against immigrants and they did it with Brexit and everything, it can happen here the way this far right have infiltrated the, 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 the some mm-hmm. legitimate concerns of people in areas with with uh, people coming in, and to think that it could happen. I mean, the, I thought the days of no Irish, no blacks, no dogs were well gone in England. I was there in the 80s okay. when the IRA campaign was on and fellas literally coming up to you in pubs and telling you to F off. I thought that's 30, 40 years ago. I thought that was well gone. But it's it's coming back, which this is, this is, is really two nights scary. Um, I, but, but look, did you know you were being... Obviously, you knew you were being hit in the, the forehead and the, the nose. I can see the injuries there. But did you know that someone was coming at you with a bottle? No, no. And in fact, when the, the police were saying, uh, you know, when you were hit, hit on the head with a bottle, I said, I obviously didn't know what it was. I just knew something hit me because it was like... It was like a, a, a Niagara Falls of uh, blood just start pouring down me on my jumper, t-shirt. Uh, but now I had to get up because your your instinct, uh, your survival instinct takes over and you get mm. up because we literally had to fight our way out of that corner, Joe, oh, with four fellas. And two of them were like big tugs. Now, I, I also have a good few bruises on my knuckles, unfortunately, which I, I didn't think I'd, uh, at my age, I'd ever have again, you know. God, and um, th- th- when you were the police brought you to the hospital, were they were they there quick enough? Were they? Yeah, they... the police were there, um, and it, they and they, when they came into the hospital and they came back and said, "Now it's a crime scene," you know, and you're saying, "What's a crime scene?" And it, mm. it just yeah, it dawns on you then. Yeah, it wasn't just a few digs; it was just a vicious, racist, motivated attack, unprovoked, just because of your accent. I mean. Like, I really thought those days were gone, Joe, and if they ever come in here, like... Yeah, and how's Emmett, your, your, your young fella? 
Ah, uh, sure, you know, fellas, he's, he's, he'd be playing football on Sunday with, with Clontarf. He plays for one of the teams. They're doing pretty well, but uh, he, he doesn't, he's, he wasn't the prettiest sight to begin with, Joe, but uh, he doesn't look <laughs> too good. Yeah, don't let him. And you see, Niall, we half expected a call in the last few weeks from a politician or a councillor saying they've been abused or attacked in Ireland because yeah. of what's going on. But, like, have you have you been given a, in in Dublin City Council? Has anyone spoken to you officially about? Absolutely. What did, on on okay. Monday night, actually, Joe, we had a sergeant from Pier Street went through. Um, went through safety measures, how you should look after yourself and, you know, your office and whatever. And uh, I, I, I just, and you think politicians are, now, I don't know if these guys had heard who I was, but um, over mm. in England, but you just don't, you don't expect it, Joe. And to be honest, you don't even expect it here and you see it creeping in and there's that under underlying anger in society and then this anti-immigrant thing that we have, like people trying to jump on it and and it, 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 unfortunately that's where it can lead to and very, very quickly and very easily and we just have to be vigilant. But I'm just wondering, given, you you think it's to do with, in the UK, it's to do with the the Brexiteers and... And the current stuff about the, the boats coming in and... Of course, yeah, the, yeah. The legislation, yeah, because yeah. you look at the mail and you look at all these papers and it's like England for the English and like some of the headlines are absolutely appalling. Well, you, look how, you, you, look, you look how Gary Lineker described it. He said he hadn't the statement from um, the British government about the, the refugees would be sent back over if they land on boats, they'd be banned from the UK for life. He said he hadn't... He hadn't uh, read anything like it since the 1930s in Germany. Yeah, now, now in Germany, he's, absolutely, he's absolutely, been, and and he, he's so right, and and that's feeding into these old national front. And at Chelsea, unfortunately, they had a group called Combat. I think they're still going Combat 18, and yeah. the one and eight is the first and eight letter of the alphabet. A H Adolf Hitler. I mean, that's okay. they're the sort of extremists you have, and now they're preying on. On, on this again, you know, like let's let's stir it all up, and you know the little England or mentality that you know some of them have. Okay, say say with us now if you can, please. How are you now, okay. by the way? I'm grand, Joe. You know, okay. you get a bit of glue on the head. Yeah, and, but you're, uh, not, you're not like if you were in a if you were attacked. Like normally, twenty four hours later or thirty six, it begins to, as the fella said, it begins to to hit you. But anyway. Um, I'm glad to hear you're... Though I, I, th- I think the injuries, uh, people... I'm tweeting one of the photographs now, with your permission, I know, uh, of, 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 of your facial injuries, and they're, they, they look pretty substantial to me. Now, listen to Sh- Shane Gillen. Shane, good afternoon. Hey, how are you? OK, let's hope it's a good line. You were, you were attacked in Dublin, but there was a racial element to it as well, wasn't there, Shane? Uh, there was, there was in that um, I just happened upon a young guy who was uh, shouting ra- racial vitriol at a at a young girl, you know. Uh, yeah. So I I presumed that they were, to be honest, a very very fleeting moment. So I was only passing him. He was only a young fellow. I'd say he was okay. only, I'd say he was only eighteen or nineteen. And as I was passing him, uh, he was shouting really, really loudly, just abuse at this girl. It's only 10 o'clock, which is relatively early on a night out, of course, okay. it's a Friday evening. And um, as I passed him, he just kind of reminded me of, you know, my little brother-in-law or something, you know, like I was kind of disgusted at him. Not that my little brother-in-law would do that, but what I mean is by his age and his, you okay. know, I just couldn't believe what was coming out of his mouth. So I just said in, in passing to him, 
the you know shut the f up basically. Okay, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. walked by him. I was with two two of my mates who were who were trailing a little bit behind me. Uh, you know they're forty, like so we're well past. <laughs> I don't think I've ever ever had fighting days like Niall said there, but still past that. And uh, I'm thirty five myself. And um, as I passed him, he shouted after me, asking me like, you know, something, something along the lines of, you know, what did you say to me or whatever. And I mm-hmm. I, replied, I turned around. I remember kind of laughing at him and and shouting at him not to be so racist. And now and then I was gone. I I honestly thought that that. Honestly, I thought that was the end of that exchange and that entire okay. moment. I, I, I then turned the corner at Slattery's Pub there um, in Cable Street, heading for Smithfield. We were heading back to a friend's apartment, and, um, and you know, within space of 10 seconds, he had rounded the corner behind me, and unbeknownst to myself, he had actually, with him, he had a, a group of people somewhere between six and ten people were actually with him. Um, and obviously, I just didn't see them, as, you know, at the very... A start and they rounded okay. the corner behind me and the next thing I knew there was six or somewhere, somewhere between six and ten guys uh, ranging in ages I would say up to about 40 years old um, and uh, the first guy sort of approached me sort of as if he was trying to dissipate the entire thing and sort of asked me what had happened and of course straight away you know my arms went in the air and I'm like whoa whoa you know you're kind of saying you don't want any trouble because suddenly you're realising that this is turning into a much bigger scenario and um your your phone is going, is, is going on me there, Shane. By the way, for listeners, that happened on uh, Shane's attack was on Friday, February the third, and the people go back um, looking up newspapers or can remember. It's not it's only a month ago. Uh, remember February the third? That was at the height of all the demonstrations around. Now you can't link them, but it was at the height, as Nile Ring pointed out. Uh, even though he was attacked in London, but it was at the height of all the demonstrations in London. Get them in Dublin. Sorry, get them out and other places as well with people chanting, uh, "Get them out, get them out." Uh, Niall, stay with us uh, because Shane is staying with us back after this yep. break. Joe at RT.ie five one double five one is the text number. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. We're talking to former Lord Mayor of Dublin Councillor Niall Ring, who was attacked along with his son Emmett on Tuesday night in London. Um, and he's in no doubt um, that the attack where he was hit with a bottle, someone, the police subsequently told him they saw on CCTV that someone was coming at him from behind with a chair and thankfully didn't didn't connect. Um, Niall was taken to hospital um, and uh, had with injuries to his head. There's photographs of them uh, there and they're pretty, pretty savage uh, injuries as well. But Niall is in no doubt that they were the, the group that attacked him we're chanting anti-Irish uh, slogans. Shane Gillen, hopefully it's a better line. Shane is walking home. It's February 3rd. It's it's a Friday last month. And I, I was looking up what we were doing on Liveline on that Friday. We were doing hoteliers. One hotelier in particular from Donegal was offering his hotel uh, for refugees and wasn't worried about the protests which were going on outside hotels in Dublin and direct provision centres. And then the headline in the Irish Times, the main story in the Irish Times the following morning, protest fears stop hotels hosting refugees. So it was very much in the news. The protests were very on, very uh, on uh, and in the newspapers and the media and prominent. Shane Gillen is walking up Cable Street. One man is racially abusing a young woman. Shane says, leave it out. And then many of them jumped, jumped on you, Shane. 
Yeah, it's very, it's very hard to tell, but um, because just thumps were coming from out of nowhere. But uh, certainly, there was one main protagonist, uh, you know, uh, who did the most damage. But but there was between six to ten of them in in general, and they were all shouting. Uh, it all happened very very quickly, and obviously very quickly, similar to Niall's story. I realised I was in trouble. You know, uh, I'm seeing blood, and I'm you know you're you're thinking a million things in your head in the space of nanoseconds in those moments, and. Um, all I could think of was that I felt if I hit the ground at all, I would, uh, you know, my chances would be more limited because you, you often hear, mm -hmm. uh, you know, someone getting a kick to the head or something. So I, I just knew I needed to stay upright anyway, okay. <laughs> which was the first thing. And then the second thing was, I was trying, I remember thinking, where can I go in that area? It's between, I'm just after coming off Cable Street and I was heading for Smithfield. So I'm, it's kind of a lot of laneways in that way, you know, there's not many sort of premises or anything. And I remember thinking I just need to run. It's sort of fight or flight mode. Uh, there's thumps coming in everywhere at this point. And um, I just saw a brand new hotel. It's a, it's a Stay City apartment. Oh, yeah, hotel. I know. I know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, on Mary Street there. And I just saw the lights of it. And I, I in, in the space of seconds, I thought, if I can at least run into the hotel, you know, I, I, and get behind the reception or something, you know, there's a bit more safety. So I just, I aimed for that. Uh, it was all. It felt like forever, but obviously it was probably over in, in moments. And I ran mm. for the hotel, and the, I, as soon as I got into the hotel, the staff of the hotel sort of gathered around me quickly, and um, uh, and and rang nine nine nine, and and it transpires that uh, an hour earlier, the receptionist of the hotel had been subject to uh, a, race, a racial attack from the same group, um, mm. a, a, vo a verbal attack as they passed the hotel. So so luckily for me that they. Um, the staff had actually recognised, you know, like they, they knew that I was sort of a victim here. And uh, okay. and then my, my two friends followed suit into the hotel and as they did, they had a bottle thrown at them and uh, the police confirmed with me that it, it did actually hit them all right. Um, they have that on the CCTV footage. So um, we went into the hotel and the staff rang 999. The staff couldn't have been nicer, of course, okay. and covered in blood. And um, yeah. yeah, so I... I uh, Sorry, that photograph I was looking at earlier, I thought it was Niall's son. It's actually you. Uh, the, the, and the, with your permission, you've allowed us to tweet. Describe those facial injuries that you got, Shane, that you endured. Yeah, well, on, on the night, I have to say, I actually, to be, to be honest, Joe, on the night, I actually didn't think I even had anything broken. I think that's just your your adrenaline, you know, because um, on the night itself, nothing, obviously, now I had a lot of blood coming out of my nose and my mouth. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> But but just in the moment, I think with the adrenaline, I I don't remember even thinking it was that sore. But um, yeah, once I got to the hospital, and you know, he, you know how it is in hospitals, you can be waiting for a while. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah that's that's when uh, the pain started setting in, and my, I started you know seeing stars a little bit and feeling dizzy, and uh, I, I I knew then there was a bit more going on. And then as soon as the doctor saw me, I uh, went for multiple scans and went for. X-rays and CAT scans, and yeah, I have I have a fractured uh, orbital bone just be below my left eye socket, and uh, wow. two two breaks in my nose. Now the, the orbital bone, the doctor told me that uh, it was akin to a, a fracture he would have seen from a car crash, you know, and never really from a fist. So it mm. just gives you an idea of how hard, like these these people, you know, it's not a, it wasn't a Mickey Mouse fight, you know, they were they were really out to cause damage, and. Uh, it was only in the hospital then, I, to be honest, that I realised how, you know, sort of retrospectively how serious it was and how lucky I was. And it was only for uh, the doctor himself deciding that he ne he now needed to uh, report it to the guards as well. So he he re he uh, 
said to my, you know, he did a medical report to the guards for me, a medical statement, just to let them know the severity of it as well. So, um, yeah, it's a... Uh, okay, yeah, um, we... we uh, Nile Ring, Councillor Nile Ring has told us after his attack in London where and he he was crystal clear that it was a racial attack. Were they shouting an, anything at you, Shane, in Dublin when they were beating yeah, you? They, they were, but I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what okay, the motivation okay. behind behind this was because like I, I, I were even trying to remember what they were shouting. You know, there was this was. It but it was began so, it began with you saying to somebody, "Don't be abused, don't be racially yeah, abusing yeah, that moment." Yeah, exactly. It, it began, okay. but I but I feel like. I could have said anything to that guy and this would have oh, okay. set up, you know. Oh, okay, um, okay. That's so it's very, hard to, it's very hard to know. It, it, just, okay. it was very unprovoked. Now, uh, Niall said the Gardaí, or the police arrived. Um, they brought him to hospital. They looked at the CCTV. They told him, do you know, at one stage there was a fella coming from behind you, not, not just with a bottle. One fella hit him with a bottle. Another fella was coming behind for, uh, with a chair and the, the police in London have arrested two people off the CCTV footage. What's happened in your case, Shane, uh, a month later? So, yeah, so it's a month later. Um, I, I happened, uh, there's been no arrests made anyway, but uh, the latest I've heard is that they have CCTV of the incident. So I'm yeah. obviously hoping that, you know, I, I don't know what the next step is. Do they Obviously, they must circulate that internally within, you know, guarded files and criminal records to see, can they identify the person? But I, I've been told by my by the investigating uh, guard that the, the footage is crystal clear, which is obviously oh, very okay. helpful. And there's, there's multiple eyewitness uh, accounts of it. You know, there's the... Okay, I'm, th- I'm thinking in Niall's case, he was attacked in a in in a pub, in a bar in a hotel, so there'd be there'd be light and it would be clear. Um, yeah. You you were attacked on the street, so the the light might yeah. be all that. But you say the guardy believe they have good they've good footage. Yeah, I've, I was told just as as recently as last night. Um, the guards rang me and told me that the, the footage is crystal clear, like of of the. Of the attack, and why did is, you need? That's a photograph of you going into the MRI machine, which people drink. Yeah, in its uh, um, yeah, I needed um, I needed to wear a, a, um, a mask then for a while. You know, you often see footballers wear them or something after they have a, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a facial injury. I had to wear. Um, there's a mask to keep just to keep any any knock onto the orbital bone can cause that fracture to be to be much more extreme. I was told so. Okay. And, you know, if you're if I was in crowds or anything, not that I really was afterwards, but um, I I was to wear uh, this this uh, mask. So yeah, I had that for a little while as well. <laughs> well, mm. so I, I don't I don't miss that. That's for sure. Niall, in your case, would would it chasten you about going back to? that part of London again or going to a Chelsea game? No, the part of London I was in, Joe, was um, around Chelsea and Fulham, which is quite affluent, as you know. Um, and I, I don't think, no, it absolutely wouldn't, but when, mm-hmm. I, when you hear Shane's story, you know, would I call someone out if I heard him saying something racist on the street to somebody? I think I still would, uh, you know, and I, I know Shane, Shane's story is horrendous and like, Mm-hmm. just horrible to hear it but the other interesting thing you, you were saying earlier you know 48 hours later whatever th- th- things can dawn on you and one of the things the police did say to me in the UK they said normally she, well it was a young a, a girl she was absolutely brilliant and she, but she was saying that in 50% of the incidents like that um, whether it's whatever sort of attack, she said 50% of them there's usually a knife involved. Oh, good so luck. then you're sort of thinking, geez, like, you know, there was a 50-50 mm-hmm. chance. And that's when you sort of say, God, you know. The, and, and unfortunately, if people don't, well, I mean, I, I didn't have to speak up, but in, in Shane's case, you know, if people just, we accept and 
just go along. Unfortunately, that leads us down another path. But you can, of course, you can see where people would just keep their mouth shut. You don't want, like, yeah. if I, like if that, if, if my instant had developed and someone had a knife, you know, I, I, it could have been an a horrific outcome, you know. But um, it certainly wouldn't stop me, Joe, and it wouldn't stop me walking. But you see, but the, the other thing, Niall, like they knew, I'm, and I know you'll take this the right way. And you said, but you gave your age earlier, and you're 62, which is young these days. But you are 62. Um, 63, unfortunately. 63. Joe. Okay. Thanks, but, anyway, yeah, yeah. But like they knew, you were an older man. I presume yeah, you're, you're yeah. balding. You can see the injuries on your your head. And they and they still laid into you. Yeah, and and and, and I mean that's that's uh, they they laid into me because I I was defending your son. Yeah, the yeah. Guy that started the altercation. But um, yeah, they don't care. I mean, you know, they really don't care. And um, you know, two of them were certainly in their forties, and they were these sort of you know you see them and I've seen them at matches, and you see them going around. They wear the t-shirt no matter what the weather's like, and they're tattooed, and they're you know they're they're just they're just basically thugs, and you know, and they're they're oh, out for trouble. You are, know, they mas- they are, are they masquerading as Chelsea supporters? No, these weren't Chelsea. Like there was no, okay. there was absolutely no one wearing any colours at it, and I, I pity. Like there was, it was Chelsea were playing Germany, and there was a lot of. Um, anti-German chance as well, you know, outside Sorry, the ground, yeah. and there was added police presence. It was, it was, some of it wasn't pleasant, you know, for the most okay. part, say, in matches nowadays in England it is, but it wasn't exactly pleasant there. Say, say with us, uh, Niall, Niall, Councillor Niall Ring, Bobby, Bobby, uh, your point please, you're listening to Niall and Shane, go ahead, two, two yeah, different hello. attacks, but two different, two attacks, two countries, looks like one common uh, issue, or uh, uh, propellant, and that was ra- racism. Um, Bobby, you, you, you're listening to Niall. Yeah, I just want to say, Joe, there would be a history of uh, racism among a lot of Chelsea supporters, and they're quite well known for it. There mm-hmm. was, uh, I, I'm not, I don't know the guys that assaulted Niall were Chelsea supporters, but they were certainly in the area. And they answered the description of these kind of, like they're sort of like older skinheads who, who haven't changed, just got a bit older and maybe a bit balder. There was a gang called the Chelsea Headhunters. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were sort of ultras attached to Chelsea, and they'd go they'd go to away matches and beat people up and knock people about. And if they met any any coloured or Irish or anybody on the street before or after the match, they'd probably try to throw a few dates at them as well. They were well known um, sort of skinheads with sort of a neo-fascist mm-hmm. big ideology. But have, um, the, have the English police knock at them? I saw some of the was it last weekend the 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 cordon they put in place. I think it was I think it was between Liverpool and uh, Man United. United because of the animus there. Um, had, had the British police not not way up there in terms of football hooliganism? And Niall said they weren't wearing Chelsea jerseys. Yeah, that you know, that doesn't mean to say they weren't. Anyway, they yeah, may okay. or may not be Chelsea supporters, but they were certainly um, nasty neo skinhead types. You know, and that, and that's the type. Yeah. A lot. That's the type. A lot of these ultras that support Chelsea. I went to a Chelsea game a good few years ago, and outside the ground they were selling Glasgow Rangers uh, flags, mm-hmm. and that says it all. Because yeah, they're, they're kind of blue, because yeah. they're both blue-nosed teams. You know, they identify with each other. And if you're anti if there are, if you're Irish, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be hanging around after a Chelsea game. Yeah, but there's so many Irish people now living in London. Yeah, but they don't hang around. It, sorry, now I said about it, you know Chelsea is per- perceived as being a, 
in a in a good area. But the supporters come from Croydon and Crawley and all sorts of places. South London and South London can be a very violent place, okay. um, especially these kind of. I mean, we all know about the neo-fascists. It's a, it's a yeah. tradition there in the East End of London and South London. Um, these are dangerous guys, you know, and, and a lot of Irish people might be a little bit surprised to hear it, but there's a very strong anti-Irish element um, among some of those guys. And just so on your point about the police, Joe, mm-hmm. that's a good point you made because the police operation at some of these Premier League games has to be seen to be believed. There's thousands of police. Tell us, yeah, tell us. There's dozens of horses. It's like the Charge the Light Brigade. I mean, they're there, they're all there for a reason, you know. The, yeah, you're, the, yeah. you, 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 I mean, you, you alluded to it there. The English police have a bit of a handle on it, but that's because they make a huge effort. Okay, yeah. And they have to make a huge effort because if they take their take their eye off the ball, these guys will, will, will blossom up again. Football hooliganism isn't, isn't dead, you know. The thing in a game like Chelsea in that area is you get away from the... Get away from the Get away from the area as quick as you can after the game. I don't want to put people off, by the way. It's, yeah. I mean, it's safe probably before the game or on the Saturday afternoon. Uh, but not, during the yeah. nighttime games during the week. And Niall, you, you, were, around, you were in you know? a bar at a hotel when it when it happened. Did any did anyone come to your aid when these five you or know, six I fellas? Was just thinking of that while Bobby was talking, and uh, Bobby, you'd be familiar with Combat Eighteen, who are involved in Chelsea yeah. as well, the Adult yeah. Hitler Brigade, um, but. That was the extraordinary thing, Joe. There was there was that there was four or five of them, and they were raining down punches, and we were trying to fight our way out. Mm-hmm. And there was about twenty or thirty people just looking on. And I just said, "Jeez!" Like I just it, that did strike me just when you said it there. Nobody came to our aid. It was really extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. Joe, I was at a, I just said I was at a, an England Scotland game. European Cup is a great game, and before the game, we were up in. Marlebone, it's quite a good area as well. I'd set a pub, lovely Saturday, Sunday, sorry, Saturday afternoon okay. in the summer. When a gang of about, I would say about a hundred of these kind of skinhead fascist types walked down the middle of the street like like a sort of a, an army battalion going somewhere. Everybody outside the pub went silent. Most of them were English. Mm-hmm. They all went silent until these guys passed. And they were everybody was intimidated. And I said to one of the English guys, "Well, what's the, what, what's the story there?" Oh, he says they're just up from maybe East End or somewhere looking for trouble. There could be Millwall supporters. And I said, "What would have happened?" He said, "Well, if there's any Scottish guys, they would have they would have wrecked the pub and wrecked everybody in it." And do you, Niall, just to, to, to dovetail into Bobby's point there, and I'm also thinking of the attack on uh, Sean Cox from Meade a number of years ago when he was attacked outside the Liverpool game. But that was by an Italian thug. Um, But do do you think it was football-related or or just overtly racist? No, it was overtly racist, Joe. And I I take Bobby's point because I've gone to Chelsea matches for years and there's there's a huge anti-Irish, anti-Catholic, anti Emigrant, everything, you know, there is a group there who are absolutely appalling. But um, it's just what it is. Um, Like, Bobby made some excellent points there. And, and, you know, you go to Crow Park, Joe, you're sitting beside Mm. a fella from Mayo or Kerry or whatever. Like, we were, we were, we arrived at about three o'clock in London on Tuesday and we went down Earl's Court, which is again a nice area, but went for a few beers and something to eat. There was, Police vans everywhere. There was dogs. There was um, riot police. There was armed police on a main street. It'd be like 
be mm. like North Strand Road just, you know, before a Dublin match with armed police, dogs, horses, Black Marias, everything. Where, it was just like, where what is the it? hell is going on? Yeah, but where is the atmosphere on the North Strand before Dublin matches crack? Great and crack, the guards exactly, having yeah. the banter with the lads. Exactly, Joe, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, this, this this atmosphere of just intimidation and fear um, at, at matches, but you know it spills over. But Bobby's right. There's there's all these different gangs: Millwall, West Ham, Derby used to be appalling. Uh, Leeds, you know, mm-hmm. even like Chelsea, obviously. Uh, Chelsea and Spurs. I mean, the the appalling anti-Semitic stuff that goes on in those matches is just like sickening. Mm-hmm. You know, even now, and they're supposed to be cutting down on it. You know. Now, you wouldn't you wouldn't advise Irish people to steer clear. No, no, because uh, no, I'd, I'd I'd be of the opinion, Joe. Look, if we if everybody if everybody cow down cow down to these people, like they mm. win, and we can't let them win. We won't let them win here. I can tell you, Joe, absolutely not. And what is happening? I I saw you trying to calm things down one night on on the TV down in East Wall. What's happening there now? I know it's within your. Your, yeah, your area. And, and that, that they tried to the, the far right tried to infiltrate that. The main issue there, Joe, we still haven't they they still haven't got a, a basic fire safety certificate in that building, and that's what a lot of people are saying. Hold on, if you're bringing people into the country, treat them like you treat the people here. And it was interesting, Joe. The 14th of February, the anniversary of the Stardust disaster, I finally got an answer from the city council admitting there was no fire safety certificate. Mm. Now, I had relations killed in the Stardust and you just, uh, you'll say, like, fire safety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you cannot bring people and put them into a, an unsafe. I hope it's sorted soon. Yeah, and I hope the whole issue is sorted, but it doesn't look like it will be, you know. Okay, okay, okay. Well, uh, speedy recovery, and especially to Emmett as well, Niall. Yeah, and uh, Shane there sounds yeah. like, my God, did he... I mean, we, yeah, a bottle in the back of the head with a, a hard enough from Bolly Buck. It's not going to do too much well, damage. But poor Shane seems to have got an awful... And Shane, well, Shane, ha- Shane how, are you, how are you a month later? A month yeah, no, it's actually... It, it's healed up a lot. Like, uh, yeah. I'm much better now. Um, my nose is still very sore. But well, would you would you do weeks. would you do it again? You say would you say to someone leave it out? I I obviously had no idea what was about to happen. You know, you're about to unleash. I didn't I didn't see I didn't you know if to look back on it now, Jesus, I probably wouldn't have. But like I didn't uh, see any sort of uh, violence of into whatsoever. You know, this was a as far as I saw, he was just a young fella. Like you know, I didn't, I didn't yeah, see a group yeah. with him. I thought he was completely on his own. You know, like there was a million things that I just, uh, <laughs> I just, uh, I was such a fleeting comment. To be honest, I didn't feel like I was even inter- To be honest, I didn't feel like I was interjecting in something major either. Like you know, yeah, um, I think that you did the right thing, Shane. Fair play. Yeah, you? yeah, it was just a very fleeting moment, and. Uh, yeah, sure. I, the, the last thing I expected was to turn around and see a, a bunch of people. You know, I, okay. I, I, yeah. John, John wants to comment on the Chelsea aspect of it. John, good afternoon. You're a Chelsea supporter, like so many people based in Ireland, Irish Chelsea supporters. Um, John, you've been to loads yeah. of Chelsea games. Yeah, I have. I have. I was just caught the the chap who was talking. Um, Nile Ring. Saying if you're Irish yeah. from. You know, I caught the chap who was saying, if you're Irish, you need to be worried about being with Chelsea supporters. Some of them come from Croydon. I mean, that's ridiculous. I've been to numerous games with Chelsea with my son. Never encountered any hassle, okay. no issues well, whatsoever. Well, Nile Ring was adamant that they weren't Chelsea supporters. They were 
more national front and th- th- that was the language he was hearing. But you, you've been to Chelsea games and never had any trouble, John, that's what you're saying. Never. I mean, we've gone drinking in the, the Chelsea supporters' clubs before and after. Yeah. There are numerous supporters co- across the whole spectrum, you know. They're not just from Croydon. They're slightly from Kensington and Knightsbridge as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, no, but, you know, there's plenty of ours uh, people living living in London as well who go to those games. And have you been? Well, just forget about Chelsea down for a second and go yeah. go into the whole the the atmosphere in the UK at the minute. Like, have you been there recently, John? Is there is there a heightened uh, atmosphere because of Brexit? Because of the whole uh, the, no, the refugees no. coming in boats, the Gary Lineker stuff, the the Rwanda, they're, they're, they're sending them to Rwanda stuff, all that carry on. Is there is there um, a heightened? I think there's people who who object to that stupidity about sending you know refugees to Rwanda. You tell, what are they going to do there? I mean, I disagree with that. That's that's just ridiculous. Mm. I don't blame Gary Lineker and what he said and what he wrote. I mean, from a compassionate point of view, you know, you have Arsenal supporting like you know there used to be one team saying visit Rwanda, wasn't it? I mean that's. You know, now you're getting deported to Rwanda. It's just ridiculous. Well, the Rwanda. But I haven't, I haven't, yeah. I mean, if you want to put yourself in a dangerous situation like that in the UK, go to certain parts and you, and you will, you will come across that. Mm-hmm. But if you stay away from it, you know, there are, no, there are plenty of normal people around who are, who are not bothered with that. I mean, you look at the diversity, even in, in Ireland, we've got like, I don't know, 30, 40 percent people who were born abroad. The same, it's even more in the UK. Mm-hmm. It's a diversified population. You're always going to have some small right-wing elements who want to do damage to people. You know, like that idiot Robinson who came over to, to Ireland for yeah, a while. Tommy Robinson. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're always going to have those, but it, the more publicity you give those kind of people, the more fear that's instilled in people. Yeah, but I just the tweet that got Gary Lineker into trouble uh, was about the Rishi Sunak saying, "Yeah, even though under the they are signees of the the uh, UN Declaration of Human Rights, which means you must at least if people land on your arrive on your show, your shores, regardless of which way they arrive, and say I wish to claim asylum because I am I feel I'm in danger, they have right. to have a hearing." But now what Rishi Sunak is saying, and the, a lot of the British media are uh, behind him, and as he said himself, I, I, I have the people of Britain behind me. You know, that's a political statement as well. But um, yeah. they're going to turn well, back. Well, they're not even going to give people a hearing who've come over in no, dinghies. But you've, got to, you've got to look at who's in power there and the Tories and what they've gone through. Sue Braverman. You know, you had Patel before that. They want to be those hardline ministers who, you know, leave from the front of them. But Silverman, Silverman and Pretty Patel, and indeed Rishi Sunak, should they're all immigrants, immigrants themselves, their families. Yeah, you know, Patel's to both of their parents are from India. You know, makes you laugh when you think they they get into a good place. Okay, this is the Gary Lineker tweet that's got that's that's uh, every 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 front page of every newspaper today. I'll come back to this second. Uh, has Gary Lineker fifty percent of the paper saying sack him, fifty percent saying. He's only stating the the obvious. There is no inf- no huge influx at Gary Lineker. We take far fewer refugees in the UK than any other major European country. This is just an immeasurably cruel policy directed at the most vulnerable people in language that is not dissimilar to that used in Germany in the nineteen thirties. And I'm out of order. That's as that's yeah, his, so, that's his question. Okay, yeah. Niall, you wanted to come back in there. No, my my point there, and I hundred percent agree with Gary Lineker, and. 
there is a split in England. There's an absolute divide. It's 50-50. You see it in the media headlines. And, you know, why would we, we be surprised that the British have no regard for international law? I mean, what they did... They, the, the danger they put the North into with their with their stance on the protocol and ignoring EU regulations and EU, European law was mm-hmm. absolutely like the danger. I mean, they they could have started, you know, literally started troubles again up there. I mean, the, the, the irresponsibility of it was just. And then, you know, the refugee thing, UN declaration, just ignore it. If they don't like it, they ignore it. That's always been their history on it, Joe. And I know I don't like making anti-British no, political no. points, but it's the truth, unfortunately. Okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, thanks indeed, John. Uh, George, George, you, I'm sorry, I didn't get you there, George. George, your point, How please. How are you doing? Your point, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear what happened to, to Doyle there, but uh, I, I actually live close to Stamford Bridge, the, the Chelsea Stadium. Okay. And uh, I go to every game, and I never see any any sort of hassle, any any trouble or anything like that, especially directed towards the Irish or or any race for that matter. But uh, like, it it does exist. The Combat 18 stuff that 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 was mentioned, like. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see that as much uh, nowadays. Like, like back in the day, I know, I know it was well known for it. The club was, but like, I, I, I meet a lot of uh, Chelsea fans over here. I have a lot of friends that uh, go to all the games, and and none of that combat eighteen stuff okay. has ever been mentioned to me. And I just don't want people to get put off going over yeah, to a game. Enough. Yeah, yeah. And I say, you know, Nile is adamant it wasn't any of them. It was just uh, yeah, national no, pro types. Yeah, hundreds of Chelsea yeah. matches. Yeah. I've never had any encounters except yeah, the odd time in the eighties. You got the fellas with the anti IRA coming up to you and saying "f you" and the IRA. But I mean, that was. You were never in danger, <laughs> like yeah. getting digs or anything. No, but well, even, no. even regarding like the, the people I know over here, like uh, or even just being out, I've never, I've never ha- had any sort of abuse just because I'm Irish or yeah, whatever great, like that. Great. Like to tell you the truth, the only sort of abuse I, I've received was from Irish people, from from uh, the lads from the country giving uh, me me a hassle because I'm from Dublin. And, yeah, and that's yeah. the only, that's the only sort well, that's, of uh, that's, that's hassle I've ever got. You know, it's just banter, yeah. It's all, yeah. Okay. Banter, but, okay. but I just I don't want I don't want people to think that no, they can't go to a game yeah. or anything yeah, like that you know great great, great. Yeah. okay yeah. George thanks indeed right no worries uh, Joe take care ring and your son Emmett a full recovery likewise to you Shane uh, and Nigel you, you're you a Chelsea fan Thank as well the Chelsea fans are piling in here um, it, and it wasn't Niall who mentioned the Chelsea fans it was another caller but anyway go ahead Nigel Hello, Joe. Yeah, good yep. show. Listen to it. Very good. Um, I, as a Chelsea fan, I'm just saying. I lived in the 80, uh, in the London in the 80s, 90s, and I go mm. regularly over to London to see Chelsea. Okay. Um, I've never, I've never, as I said to you, research, I, did, I never had any problem there. Um, of course, as in all clubs, as I was saying to you, research and all, even various games, I can obviously you can see problems in the GAA. I live down here in Mill Street uh, on the Cork Kerry border, and there's a rivalry between those, and yeah, obviously yeah. spills over now and again. Uh, as in Chelsea, the big city, a lot of lot of um, diversity, a lot of people that support Chelsea yeah. and other teams there. Okay. I've been in out there numerous times, never ever had a problem, um, uh, even with my accent, which I know is slightly different. But I go into the pubs after and before we have a few beers and. It's always been jovial. I lived in London. It's been jovial. I've been to the pubs uh, with English people, with Irish people, mm-hmm. in the same pubs, having the beers, watching rugby matches, football matches, whatever. And it's basically jovial. At the matches, 
of course, there's chanting. You know, there's always, as in every um, um, uh, sport, there's one percent or whatever would be bad and rude, or like in Tottenham, would be shouting Nazi slogans to them from from their Jewish uh, ownership and that like. Oh, okay. But it's, it's the police in England seem to handle it. Even during the eighties and nineties, they learnt their lessons and, and and they handle it as far as I can see extremely well. Yeah. Okay, thanks indeed. That's uh, Nigel. Joe at RT.ie, 51551 is our text number. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Billy, you want to make a quick point as well? Go ahead, Billy. Yeah, look, just just a very quick one, Joe. Yeah, look, uh, I know people are talking about Chelsea there, but look, I can be, I can be 100% sure there is racist, anti-Irish... Uh, groups at nearly all football clubs in England because it goes part and parcel of going to football in England uh, and that's the reality. The other bit I'd like to say is I think people should be spending their money going to see their local League of Ireland clubs instead of spending hundreds of quid going over to see English football teams on a week-to-week basis, you know? That's your Um, Is that a serious point? That you should go to see your local League of Ireland clubs? No, absolutely. why, Why is it one against the other? Why is it what? Why, why do you make such a, a silly point? What the man, silly? Hang on, a man has been attacked in London and a son were attacked in London. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They they happened to be gone to a Chelsea match. The attack yeah. afterwards, the both of them are adamant there was nothing to do with the Chelsea match. It was the fact that right. they, were, they were Irish in London. Yeah. And you ring up to say, what are you doing supporting an English team? No, no, no. I'm ringing up because the conversation has le- has gone in a direction where football violence and, and trouble of football was discussed, and that's my that's where my point is coming from. Yeah, but you're saying, but if you're you're giving out about him supporting an English team. Oh no, no, I'm not supporting. I said maybe I said we'd be better off served going to see our local football club. Yeah, and I'm not sure what's silly about that. Well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know why you're counterposing. Every, everyone who supports, a lot of people I know support Bowles. They also support Man United or Liverpool. And they go over oh, to the games as well and they spend the money in Bowles as well. Oh, yeah, but, well, but once, a once, who, once but a footballer support, once a football supporter, always a football supporter. No, there's, 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 and by, the, and by the way, if you looked at some of the stuff last weekend, some of the Bowles players in particular were, were complaining about the abuse they were getting from from Bowles support, some Bowles supporters. And I saw some of the Bowles supporters saying, but they're not real Bowles supporters. You've seen you've seen the the clashes down in Rings End uh, when St. Pat's and Derry were playing. Like, yeah, we're not, I, I, we're not, I, we're not I, immune ourselves. Oh, no, we're not. But I, I believe it doesn't. it's not the extent of what would, ha- what would be in England. Uh, and okay. football violence hasn't gone away in England. It might have moved away from the stadium okay. because of CCTV and the increased right. police presence. Do you but support... Do, 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 do you, like, the, 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 the issue with the Premier League is it's the most popular league in the world at the moment in terms of oh, viewership. Absolutely. Yeah, because it has yeah. uh, some of the best players in the world. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, would you? Yeah. Did you watch Man United and Liverpool last Sunday? I didn't. No, no, okay. I, 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 no, I didn't. But I can guarantee you, that's as, as you recall that the Dublin derby, Liverpool and Man United, ninety percent of people. No, I suppose my point. I'm trying to find out if you do if you do watch English soccer. Or no, British I don't. Soccer. I don't. As a matter of principle, no, I, I, I don't. No. Why? No. Why? Because uh, I go and watch my local League of Ireland team. You know. So that's 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 where I put well, my say money. Your local, in, hang on, say your local League of Ireland playing. We're playing. We're not playing last Sunday afternoon at half four. 
Mm. They were, which they weren't. Yeah. What do you do? Go into a darkened room and and rap? Oh, no, I, I, I just I have no interest in, in English football. I, I don't support the team. You know, whereas you know most of the football interest in this country, ninety percent of people will go and support the team in England rather than go and support their local League of Ireland team. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know where As that goes. I've heard that argument before. I just don't know where it gets you. I just don't know where it gets you. Because I think anyone that likes uh, football, soccer, as we call, anyone yeah. that likes soccer likes likes watching it anywhere. And no, there's, it, no, there's, it, no, there's no reason to boycott English teams. Yeah. No, no reason. There's, there's, there's a to, put, to put a face mask on when the, when the yeah. uh, Man United come on the telly. There's no, yeah. Look, there's there's no reason. There's a belief in the country. There's a belief in the country that the product isn't good enough here and that's why people don't go. Thankfully, this year and last year, the attendances have been better than ever. Right, and Bowles, Bowles, out was, Bowles was sold out in the last two matches. That's right, yeah. Full yeah, houses, and yeah. It's great. And that's what I'm saying. There's a gr- bigger interest, which is great to see. Absolutely great to see. Okay. But the product is getting a little bit better. And if we were able to put more money into our own league, you know, maybe, and we had a really good product here, people might not need to be going to see, you know, well, I don't, football well, across well, if, the water. If, well, as far as I'm concerned, if they have a few, Bob, and they want to spend the money going to see a game in Liverpool or London, they pro- they will more than likely spend their money going to see a game in Ireland as well. Like, that's it's not mutually exclusive. A football fan is a football fan. I yeah, think, no, you know. I, I, I disagree with that, Joe. Okay. As we say, the bar stoolers will fist and shout for, you know, Man United, Liverpool or whatever, and then, you know, Jordan World Cups. And would you, you know, watch, like, did, the English, did you, you know? watch, did you watch PSG and Bayern, Bayern Munich last night? Like no, I, I did. No, 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 I didn't. You no. are, you're against them as well? Ah, uh, no. Well, sure, P- we won't, we won't go down the PSG route, will we? <laughs> Why not? Sure, the, the, you know, we talk about, uh, okay. sports washing, sports washing and ready-made and making football teams, you know, so, uh, no, no, it wouldn't be my, my idea of football, to be honest, Joe, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay, Billy. Thanks indeed. Thanks Go for on, thanks Joe. for that point. Yeah, John Capling. John is in Kent in the UK. John, your point, please. I'm just saying about uh, uh, Chelsea fans. Like they're all, they're all over the South East, anyhow. With because uh, it's not like Ireland. They don't, there's no local kind of loyalty. You know, I mean, I'm the same. I'm an Arsenal supporter from Maidstone. Sure, I'm 50 miles from the from Arsenal's ground. Like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. 40 mile anyhow. But uh, they are. They are, they're noted for it. I mean, any Chelsea, any of these lads that go into this pub, one pub near me, I'm not going to name it, but um, they, I know their attitude. They are like uh, England first, England second, and England last. Like, you, know, they, okay. you can't see anyone else's point of view, and they won't never see anyone else's point of view. And, uh, you know, I mean, every, it's, it's like Rangers, they... That I have a twin with Rangers, but I mean I go to Ireland a lot, and I, I mean I'm half Irish anyhow. So mm. that's like George said, he never got any abuse off English. Well, half of us are half Irish anyhow. That's why I didn't get any abuse. I mean Sweet. you ain't going to abuse your own, are you? You know, I'm, I go to Ireland a lot, and uh, I like it there, and uh, I'm always welcome there. And as far okay. as I'm concerned. Or any well, you know, Irish you know, or anywhere. Or Niall said from anywhere. Okay, I but, mean, yeah, the street I lived once it was multinational. You could yeah, say, of course, of course. There, um, there was everyone, Romanians, you name it, and okay. all very nice people. Or the majority of them, you know, and uh, that's the way it should be. Uh, should leave it all 
leave it all behind all this um but but John yeah. Nile Ring is adamant that he was called Irish P I G Irish Yeah, uh, I know uh, I, I, I know I'm uh, I'm ashamed. Yeah, uh, well, it's not well, for the pe- for them people. And uh certainly won't get caught I'll buy him a drink if I see him and ask what part he's from. You know. I know okay. a Dublin fella down the road, anyhow. He's okay. from um where's he from up uh, my my brother in law, he's from up Griffin Avenue. Yeah, you know? Okay, okay, John. You... So, I mean, I've got connections. But, John, do you. Do you, do you... A, lot of, a lot of English people okay. have. But do you think there has been a growth in the UK in the last couple of years and people, they put a tread in from Brexit, they put a tread in yes. about the boats coming over from Dover, they put a tread yeah. in now about Gary Lineker getting involved in it, saying it's like uh, what's happening in the UK now is like. You haven't heard the likes since Nazi Germany in the 30s. Yeah, he's is... right. I reckon he's right. There are people that are like that, unfortunately. But there's a lot of good people and all. <laughs> well, unfortunately, so we unfortunately, to, for we Gary, Gary, unfortunately for Gary Lineker, he's saying the people like that are in the government. Well, he is, he is right there. I mean, it's amazing, really, when you see it, because... When you think that it seems to me that the government want to deny the, the rights or the opportunity of people from their own background uh, a life in England. You know, um, we've got lawyers and God knows what down in Manchester in that camp, right? People that are useful, could be useful to the country, and they're not given the opportunity to have a job. Because of the stupid laws that these people bring out, I, 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 yeah. But I heard was it soon after recently, and maybe it was um, Pretty Patel as well saying, yeah. when their parents came to the UK, they the UK was looking for immigrants, was looking for people. It's not their argument. Our parents came in a different era, and now you know the argument now is that. And it's the argument that's been used here, even though we're the least densely populated country in all of Europe, uh, that Ireland is full, England is full. Isn't that isn't it a different argument? But, you know, Patel's parents were refugees. Braverman and Sunak were, uh, they tell us, were legal, Im- legal immigrants. Yeah, but that, yeah. But that was in the 1960s, you say, and now it's uh, 60 years later and the UK is full. That's the argument, well, John. I'm hearing well, every day. Well, OK. There's plenty of room here. They, they, they're saying that in one one breath. And the next breath, the Tories are saying, uh, we've got more job opportunities here than anywhere in Europe and yeah. uh, the rest of it. So they've got to make up their mind, haven't they? Is and, it one and, or the other? OK, and they're you saying... Know, is, do we need people or don't we need people? You can't say one thing one minute and to further an argument the next minute say something different. Okay. You know? And then and, uh, uh, and I, I see, I think yeah, there is a labour shortage. Yeah, and they're, you know, I'm they're not saying working the... now myself. I'm eighty yeah. years of age, okay. but I think there there is a labour shortage. I mean, uh, you aren't since the pandemic, all the pubs that are closed because they can't get uh, staff. Yeah, yeah. To and, run them. And, you and, know. and I see that um, there's a budget in the UK next week, and they're saying one of the things they might they might have to do is introduce incentives for construction workers. <laughs> To start coming no, to the I mean, UK because I, I wish I had it when I was working on the building. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I give me a few well, bob well, extra. Maybe maybe I, we could do with that here because everyone was talking about building new houses, but not one of the people that talk about building new houses, including myself, can put a 
can put a nail into a wall. So we need we need builders. Okay, John Capelin, good Mila Mark, good night ring. Thank you also. Thanks to our callers. Uh, back after this. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. And Joe at RT back to Ireland of a thousand welcomes. Joe McCluskey. In County Clare, what happened, Joe? What happened this morning? How are you, Joe? Yeah, this morning, Joe, I have yeah. a, a small guest house here in Bunratty. Okay. Uh, so my guests arrived uh, about 8 o'clock, looking quite um, traumatised, you know. They were kind of arrived at the door of God, you don't know what happened, that kind of a thing. But they came in on the Boston flight, <clears throat> which arrived at about 10 past 6. So they came through and um, they got on a bus at the airport to come down to Bunratty. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. They're both. Um, they're definitely well over sixty-six. Anyway, put it like that. You know, they'd have a free bus pass if they were, you know, Irish. But anyway, so they got on the bus and um, they presented a credit card to pay, and they couldn't accept the credit card. And then they had money. They had a hundred um, euro note, which isn't unusual. You know, when they go to the bank in America, they they come over with those denominations to us. Now they also had a five-euro note, strange, you know. Okay. Bus driver said he couldn't take um, the 100 euro note because it was too large. <clears throat> so he said, How, what do we do? And he said, well, you need to download the app and pay online. So they sat on the bus and they um, tried to get it working and it didn't work. So the driver couldn't help them in fairness, he's driving the bus. But it was snowing in um, San at uh, half seven this morning and mm-hmm. um, he asked them to go off the bus, to get off the bus. So they ended up two stops from the airport. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. They get on... The- they get on the bus, there's a problem, which we've heard so much. They don't have their online ticket, and then they say, then they try and log on and get the app, having just arrived in Ireland while they're yeah. travelling on the bus. They can't download the app. They don't have small change, and they're thrown off the bus. Literally, yeah. They had to leave the bus, you know. There was well, not literally, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, so they, they got off the bus. Now, the lady as well, Joe, she has a walking stick, you know, one of the ones with the four little support things underneath. Now, she has a disability, that's for sure. And the husband, he arrived to me with um, a load of uh, muck on his coat. He said, I hit for him when he came off the bus, you know. But anyway, but look, the, the only reason I rang was that I would argue that they had legal tender. They didn't have the exact change. They've arrived in the country. They had a 100-euro note or a 5-euro note, whatever. They all had. But... There's a duty of care, in my view, that they're on the bus. Now, they're on the bus for two stops. And the duty of care is that the woman has got a disability. She has money. I haven't got the change as such. You know, she's in a country for the first time. I'm not sure about the first time. But in the snow, two stops from Shannon Airport, she's no idea. Now, luckily, someone at the bus stop actually got the app going for them, and they got the next bus. Okay, well done, yeah. So they arrived off the Boston flight this morning at 6.12, one of the coldest mornings of the year. They get on the 343 bus to get up on Ratty at 7.30am. To pay, they offered credit cards. They were were refused. We're still antediluvian here about credit cards and buses and leap and all this nonsense, absolute nonsense that we... Can't use a credit card on any of our bus. They pay to pay. They offer credit cards, and they spent fifty million introduced the leap system. They to pay. They offer credit cards, which were refused, and then cash. A uh, hundred. All they had. They can understand a hundred euro. Hundred euro note, which the driver understandably, as well say, I can't break it. Uh, they also had a five euro note, but that wouldn't have covered the fare. The driver said they could pay online, so they boarded the bus, downloaded the app, while the bus was moving. 
but they were in, unsuccessful in trying to pay online, so the bus driver couldn't help them. And after the first stop, they advised that they couldn't pay through the app for whatever reason, so the driver asked them to leave the bus. That's correct. In the middle of nowhere. Well, on a bus stop, obviously. Yeah, well, the, you know, it's the second stop down, so you're kind of the industrial estate, sort of the, age, the edge of Shannon, you know. But, I mean, these people, they're standing in a bus stop, know, well, what are they going to do now, you know? But anyway, I just thought that, I okay. thought that actually the fact that they were honest, the lady is a disability, okay. there would be a reasonable man would say, duty of care, look, I'm going to bring them but down. But it's all, it's a, a lot of it is down now to this whole thing that everyone in the country has to has to be computer literate or has to have a smartphone, has to be up to speed, has to have money in, has to have a credit card for I think that like there's a significant number of people in Ireland who do not, cannot, and do not have a credit card, for example. And it's the this this unstoppable move and it was best accentuated with the the decision of the government and the Citizens Information Bureau to get rid of all their wonderful volunteers who were primarily helping older people deal with this computerised, impenetrable world free of charge and voluntarily. But anyway, Joe, uh, Bus Aaron say they want to apologise and they're currently looking into the matter. And okay, I hope... How, how, are, how are your two guests now? Are they OK? Well, there's something... Um, I, I was asked would they come on, but I didn't disturb them because... We got their bed sorted, we gave them breakfast, we got them sorted out earlier on. But you see, this is the point, this is what we do, we're Irish, that's the kind of thing we do. So we're at odds, like with a big organisation who wouldn't say to the driver, look, in the event of, look, there's no inspector, you're not going to be sacked, bring him to the next stop. At least bring him to a stop that's safe. Bring him to the town centre where they can get a taxi. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay, good to meet him, Alga Joe, and uh, thanks, Thank thanks indeed. That's Joe McCluskey and Claire. Joe at RT.E, 51551 text. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Here's a quick sample of some of the landlords we've been uh, contacted by in the last... 24 hours since the eviction ban uh, was proposed to be lifted and, and modulated or whatever and the almost universal um, negative reaction to that um, from uh, the media and on the media and the discourse in the media and the discourse in the newspapers and indeed in the political parties. And good afternoon. Joe, how are you? What's your situation, Anne? Um, my situation is we've been renting a lovely house in Dublin for the last 30 years. Okay. Our children have been born around Christmas Communion, uh, Confirmation, 21st on UCD, all good jobs. The landlord has come now and said he wants us out. He's given us eight months to go out. Okay. It's a shock because if my husband is, is 68 now and he would, we have a place down the country that we can go to, we're better off than most people. We know that, but we don't want to live in the country, but we don't have a choice. The okay. problem is and my is husband your, will is, have, is have your, to drive. Is your, uh, is, your place, is your place down the country rented out? No, no, no. Oh, okay. We bought okay. it actually. We actually okay. bought it. Um, and yeah, why, we, why we, did the landlord say that they're asking you to leave in eight and months? They, they, they said they, any properties they own, they're doing them up and selling them on, and we can't afford to buy them okay. because the property down the country is quarter what we yeah, would have paid to stay. Dublin so, supplying them. Yeah. And have, so, they, have they said to you, would you be interested in buying the property? No, own? they didn't say that, but we wouldn't be able to buy it in any case. But I'm sure if it went up for sale, I'm sure they would give us first refusal. But we don't have that kind of money, so we don't have a problem. The problem is my husband is 68 and he'd be driving on the road. He'll have to leave the house in the country at five in the morning to get oh, no, Dublin no. for 
for seven and then it's going to be dark in the winter and then he has to drive, finish work at four and be home at seven. So he'll be leaving the house five in the morning, getting home at I seven. Understand, I now, understand. Okay, let's say there, Anne, yeah. I, want to, I want to go to Ray next. Ray, um, you're representative as well of a lot of people. What's your situation and what are you doing? Uh, my situation is, Joe, I have an apartment uh, down the country and I have to sell it. I bought it for 265000 and I sold it for 148000 and I had a loss of approximately 117 plus solicitors, approximately 124,000. And were you renting it out? I was renting it out, yes. Uh, in the past, I was very, very cheap rent, and only in the last two years I was starting to get a, a decent rent, which was 970 a month. I paid the auctioneer who was looking after 110 out of that, and the government got nearly 500 out of that as well, and mm-hmm. that's without my... Um, uh, my mortgage protection insurance was 210 a month. Uh, my loss of rent income uh, protection was 364 a year. Okay, you're paying for that. So you took your loss and got out? I had to, Joe. The service charges well, was 1,800. Yeah, well, well. Okay, well, you know the argument is put to you. It doesn't apply in your case. Well, you have an asset. This is the argument you, you hear being, okay, you're you're not making it on the... The rent isn't covering your mortgage, but you will have an asset at the end of the day. Uh, but, but in your case, was, it was devalued significantly. It went down at one stage to 80000 in the crash, and it never came back up to yeah. near the money. So with the interest going up, it was costing me now... Yeah, in November, December, it was costing me around 800 a month and the rent was 970 And with the government taking 500 and all the other charges... You talked about the 500 in tax and even when I said yesterday, the government do put a billion, the taxpayer puts a billion into the uh, subs- rent subsidy, the HAP payment, but half yeah. of that, which is paid, uh, which goes, well, it's paid to the tenant, but goes to the landlord. Correct. Uh, um, and, um, but half of that goes back to the state anyway. But anyway, stay there, Ray. Nora Lynch. Nora, Joe, you, just before uh, I go, yeah. I just want to say, I looked for a person to buy it that was keeping the tenant in it, and I got that. I oh, well done. Anyway. well done, well yeah. done, well done, well yeah. done. Oh, well, then, follow-up question. Do, do landlords, or do you think landlords in the recent past in Ireland have got a bad rap? Absolutely, absolutely. I was very, very good. Uh, okay, to all good my man. Yeah, yeah, good man. Yeah, and by the and way, even, it's it's in your interest to be good to the tenants. Of course, tenants. it is. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. No matter what yes. has to be done, it's no point saying, "Oh, you get it done next week or the week after." Go and do it straight okay, away. Because I heard John Fitzgerald of DSRI make the well, formerly DSRI make that point the other day that it is in people's interest, uh, landlords as they're called, to be to be decent to their tenants because That's it's, right. it's paid Correct. back. Nora Lynch, your point, please. Nora, what's your situation? Well, Joe, I just feel that basically landlords, like uh, the others, uh, they have got a very bad rap for, they've somehow or other, they've become responsible for the homelessness uh, problem that we face. And they have, in in, in one sense, the landlords are like a government department or a quango that are responsible now for homing the people. And... No other um, industry is like this. Every other industry is entitled to put in their investment Mm. and and get whatever income they can. In many cases, you'll see, as you just have, that landlords are not actually getting an income from their investment. But you're also saying that you have an asset at the end of it. But nobody has an asset that they give to somebody else and pay money to have that asset, okay, to service okay. that asset, just so that at the end of it all, they then cannot even sell. 
because of regulations and regulations which are coming fast and furious down the line to prevent them selling. But it's not a, are the government not in a catch-22 at the minute? On the one hand... The government is in a catch-22. Okay. We have a homelessness problem, yeah. but that is not... It's not up to private. And I, I am... I want to make a very great differentiation here between the private landlords and the, the large corporations and investment funds. That's another okay. thing entirely. But the private landlords are not responsible... For, yeah. for 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 taking on this problem, they, any more than any private person is responsible for for feeding people or anything else, because it's it's not our, it's not the problem of the landlord. It's we have a house that we have rented. Sometimes it's accidental. Sometimes it's a house that's been le- left to you, maybe in a will. My okay. first house yeah, was yeah. my parents' house, but the point is. That's not something that you just give to people. It's it's something that in in our case it was it was to actually be our retirement. But more and more regulations are coming down the line. And as I told your researcher, we are selling a house because uh, okay. we I we're just afraid of what what's coming down the regulations. Okay. It's You're, not the tax; it's the regulations. And what are you afraid of? That I'm afraid that we won't have any rights over our own property. And if you say to any Irish person that they did not have a right over their property, they would be the first person to say, don't be ridiculous. But that's what is actually happening here. That's your money, that's your money you've saved and spent. The money that we saved... We have a mortgage. The okay. rent never covered the okay. mortgage. But at a government, but uh, in one sense, given the reaction to the uh, ending, proposed ending of the eviction ban mm-hmm. universally and, and the haranguing that the government ministers have been getting uh, left, right and centre, have they not yeah. shot themselves in the foot? Because on the one hand, every, every, every opponent, opposing party is saying, oh, the, the number of homeless will go up. And if the number of homeless go up, well, that means the, they, they blame the government. The government is saying we're trying to help landlords stay in the stay in the business. They're by not, okay, okay, catch twenty two <laughs> was the word. Okay, no, good to meet good to meet him, Mahogany Nor, and thanks to all our other callers. Back tomorrow, one forty five. Ray Darcy uh, is next, and Lisa Marie Berry produced. 0818-715-815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie